Good morning. Good morning. You guys are doing good? Yeah. All right, let's pray real quick. Father, we just thank you <clears throat> for this day. And we thank you that you are here with us, you're present with us, and that you love us. And we thank you that you have a plan for us and a purpose for us. And we thank you that today you reveal that for us. And we just thank you that you bless us through this, this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So, uh, how many of you guys were here for Father's Day last week? You guys remember what I talked about? Good, Sally's like, fathers, that's awesome. Yeah, Sally got her right on. Just nailed it right on the head there. That's, yep, Sally's dead on with that. So um, this is kind of a, a little bit uh, following up on that. Um, I talked about the father's heart last week and how um, as, father, as fathers, we have the ability to channel the heart of the father God to our children and show them kindness and tenderness and, and and even in discipline, raise them up to be what God intended them to be. And um, so I was thinking um, about, you know, what was going to go on this week. And Sarah's like, I just, we've got some things going on, so just do something a little bit shorter. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to talk about? And so I got to give credit to John Elvis a little bit because we we're sitting around the campfire a couple of weeks ago and we're talking and he's he was saying something and and he he brought up a verse, and it was uh, John. In John, and it says, "Beloved, I pray that your soul prospers, or that you prosper as your soul prospers." And what he's saying is, is um, it's not just what we can collect as as we prosper in our natural life, but that our soul should prosper too. And prosper is kind of a dirty word, especially in the church, because there's been so much. Um, abuse throughout the years. I mean, if you've been around for more than 20 years, there's been abuse in, in the church of, of money and, and different things like that, and, and not just in the local church, but in, in national scene. And we've had a lot of people being taken advantage of and a lot of people taking advantage of people when it comes to prosperity. Um, and I believe God wants us to prosper. Do I believe that God wants us to, you know, uh, flaunt it? No, I, I don't believe it. I believe that if we prosper, that should be seed into the kingdom of God. Um, but God says he wants us to prosper and, and, and be open to this because it's not what you think it is. And, and, I'm, and I'm going to explain it a little bit more. But Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. a lot of you know that scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So prosperity, prosper, um, if you look at the, what it means, it doesn't, everybody thinks prosper. Uh, some of it means to gather money, to, to accumulate money, to, to gather wealth. But God has a plan for us to prosper. He wants us to be taken care of. Um, but there's three ways that we can really prosper because we are, God is a triune God. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are um, body, soul, and, and and spirit. And so he wants us to prosper. So first one is our body. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I've been stuck on this um, translation for months now, and I cannot put it down, and I cannot stop reading it. If you haven't um, picked up a couple of them, I know we've given a couple of the little books away to people. The translation is amazing. Um, but Matthew six twenty six through 34 says, Look at the birds. Do you not think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food. Yet your heavenly Father provides for them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they are? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? 
And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. Yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty more than these flowers are. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So if God has clothed the meadow with, with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned away, won't he provide for you clothes that you need, even though you live with such little faith? So then forsake your worries. Why should you say, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things your body requires? So all, uh, above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all the less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way. One day at a time, tomorrow will take care of itself. How many of you guys have ever been in that spot and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, you've got a situation and you're like, I don't know how I'm going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me. I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. I don't know how the situation is going to work out. And I don't know what, what, what the outcome is. We've all had those situations where we don't know what the outcome is, but God has a, an ultimate plan for us. He has an ultimate idea of what um, how it's going to come out. And I love how it says, it says, deal with each challenge as it comes day to day. I think so many times we try to plan our future out and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't, we cannot say in a year from now, I'm going to do this. And in five years, I'm going to do this. Jesus even says, don't do that because it's all going to fall, uh, fall away. It's not going to end up like you want it to. And I think what happens is as Christians, we become so idealistic and we, we understand that God loves us. And, but we think that our plans are his plans and our plans are not his plans half the time. Now, let's say 95% of the time. We, we get so locked into this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it. And God's like, no, this is not how I want you to do this. I'm going to change things for you. God, I think God likes to change things for us just to, just to, to see how we're going to react. He likes to see how we're going to, okay, if he created a sense of humor in us, God has a sense of humor. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to change it up a little. I want to see how they're going to react during this tough time, how they're going to react when, when a little bit of struggle comes. I'm not going to f cause disaster on them, but I'm going to change things and I'm going to see how they react. Because he says, it says he always has our best interest in mind. He always will take care of us. The circumstances that you may be going through have gone through or may be going through right now, God has a plan to bring you through it. It just may not be your plan. You've, you've heard the, the, the phrase, it's, um, you know, once, it's always hell in the hallway. You go through, God opens, closes one door and you got to go to the other door, but it's, then there's that hallway and it's always hell in the hallway. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes life is like, oh my gosh, what am, where did this come from? Why am I going through this? And, and, and God's like, you know what? Sometimes the, the, when I close a door and the door that's open, there's that hallway that, that it's there to produce character in us, produce uh, patience, produce integrity in us. And, but he has a plan to bring us through. Every situation that you are going through, God has a plan to bring you through it. The situation that you don't even know is coming up, God's like, I got this. I got a plan for you. All you have to do is follow it. The simplest steps in our life is just to follow God's plan. When we plan things out in our own life, it tends to end up really bad. I can attest to that. Yeah. I think we all can. We've all had our own plans. We've all done our own thing. And it's like, yeah, I probably should have listened a little better to God when, when, I was, when he was talking to me. 
So he has a plan to go, to go through it. But what we need to realize is that he always goes through it with us. You know, it's, that, it's the footsteps in the sand thing. Oh, that's when God carried me. And then, you know, it's like, okay, yes. But I think there's a point where it's like, God's like, you're a big boy. You need to walk alongside me. Yeah. You can't be carried everywhere. You know, like when I told Sarah, we're going to plant a church. She's like, no. And I had to ki- drag her through the sand, kicking and screaming. She's like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, but her mind changed. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to do this. And, but God has a plan. But sometimes he's like, you're a big boy now. You're a big person now. You can do this on your own. I'm always going to be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I always love you. But it's time to start doing it on your own. It's time to walk on your own. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, For God who calls you is faithful, and he can be trusted to make it so. So God is trustworthy. Even when we're not trustworthy, even when we fail, even when we say, oh yeah, I'm going to do this, and then we totally forget to do it, and we blow it, and we're like, I forgot. God is faithful. He doesn't forget. God is always for us and working on our behalf. We can trust him to be faithful and come through on his promises even when we're not. When he promises something, he fulfills it. He promised Abraham something, and he fulfilled it. He promised Isaac something. He promised Jacob something, and he fulfilled that. So, we could say, yep, I'll be there. I'll do it at this time. And then the time comes and goes and you're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to do that. And I promised them I would be there. I told them I would do that. I've done that at least once or twice this week. I like, yeah, I'll take care of that. And then I forget to do it. And you know, like I uh, stand in it about midnight last night, I walk out in the living room. I'm like, hey, uh, Layla, I'm like, you made these no-bake cookies, right? She's like, yeah. She's sitting on the couch. I'm like, how about you take care of them? She's like, I will in a minute. I said, how about you take care of them? Well, in a minute, I said, how about you take care of them? I'm like, and she's like, well, in a minute, I said, when I say, how about you take care of them? That means get up and take care of them. And uh, so we wake up this morning and what's sitting out on the counter? No baked cookies. <laughs> and so I'm not putting her down by any means, but we're human. We forget things. We, we get busy doing things and we forget to do things. But God always remembers God calls us his children. He doesn't call us slaves, acquaintances. He calls us sons, daughters. And so when, if some stranger comes up to you and says, oh, I promise you I'm going to come and give you a million dollars tomorrow. You're like, yeah, right, whatever. And you walk away and you don't expect it. You don't expect that person to come back and give you a million dollars. I mean, I would hope they would, but, um, but most of the time you're like, who's the crazy, you know? And so, when we start to go through life and we start to walk through situations, God's promises are always yes and amen. But sometimes they don't come when we expect them. But God wants us to prosper. He wants our body to prosper. He wants our physical body to prosper. And so He says, I never called you servants, excuse me, I have never called you servants because a master does not confide in his servants. A servant does not always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends. I reveal to you everything that I have heard from my father. And this is Jesus talking. He says, you're, you're not just some person that's serving me. He goes, you're, you're a, a close friend. We have a personal relationship that that close that I'm revealing to you what the father is doing. And so when God says, I want you to, I have a plan for you, I have a plan for you to prosper, he's saying, I plan that you're, you will prosper in every way. 
So, let me find the scripture here real quick. I just lost my spot. There we go. I lost it there. Too much scrolling. Um, so, he says, you're my sons, you're my daughters. I reveal to you what I am doing. The father doesn't reveal to his servants what they're doing. He reveals to his sons and his daughters what they're doing. So, God is always there. He said, I want you to prosper. I'm going to reassure you that I want you to prosper. I want your body to be in good health and, and have you prosper in health. He's marked out our inheritance ahead of time putting us in front of the line. This is Psalms 47. This is David explaining and talking about God, that he's marked out our inheritance. He's, he's marked out what he wants for us ahead of time. Proverbs 8.21 says, Those who love me gain great wealth and glorious inheritance, and I'll fill their life with treasures. You know, we, we look at wealth, and what is wealth? Wealth, uh, in, in most people's mind, instantly, as soon as they say wealth, what do you think of? Money. Everybody thinks money. But Third John one two says, "Beloved friend," and this is John writing to the uh, his um, followers. He says, "I pray that you are prospering in every way, that you are continually enjoying good health, just as your soul prospers." So he talks about good health, prospering. But he says, what was the last thing he says? That your soul is prospering. And I was talking with John, John a couple weeks ago, and, and we were talking about something. And I said, you know what? And I quoted that scripture. I said, but you look at what he highlights. He highlights your soul. He's looking that your soul would prosper first. That is the most important part of us is our soul. And he said, I pray that your, your soul prospers. And then if your soul is prospering, it's just going to fill the rest of your life. But we think of prosperity as, oh, well, I got money. And it's not Wealth is, is not having dollars in your hand. Wealth is, is something that can't be held onto in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, but he says, I want your soul to prosper. God again confirms that he wants us to prosper. But why do we always think that is money? Because we live in a world that money is, is God, it's king, it's the number one. That's how you buy, you sell, you trade. That's, that's what makes the world go round, apparently. And, and it is true, we do need finances, we do need money in our lives to, to live. I mean, you can't just, you know, send in a, a bag of potatoes to pay your rent. It just doesn't work that way anymore. You don't trade potatoes for, for living space. It just, I mean, I wish you could, because I'd just go buy a bag of potatoes and, th- and send it to the to the bank every month and just be good with it. But um, it doesn't work that way anymore. So money is what we have to live by. But prosperity means to succeed in, in an enterprise or an activity, especially to achieve economic success. The second is, I love what this is. It says to become strong and flourishing. To prosper means to become strong and flourish. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody who doesn't want to be strong and flourish. I mean, I just want to be weak and miserable. You know, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Most people don't want to be weak and, and, and miserable. I mean, and when we think of prosperity, you know, for, our, for the physical and the spiritual part of it, I, want, I think of isn't, isn't having an amazing family not being prosperous. 
A strong marriage, is that not being prosperous? A close walk with God, is that not being prosperous? Good health, good relationship. In my opinion, that's prosperity. That's, that's what God wants for us. That's what his, his complete for us is. Because physical and the spiritual, no matter how far we try to separate them, they're so close together that they, they fit together. Because what happens is, is all this is physical, but what it does is it comes from our soul. You know, I think that when someone says, oh, uh, he's very prosperous, I'm like, well, what are the relationships in his life like? Has he sacrificed his entire family to make that money? Or has he, or has he given up the relationship with his spouse or his family or whatever to, to draw that in? To me, rich is having all those things I just mentioned. And so many times we, we try to... Because prosperity has had a bad mindset we, in the church, we have to, we have to give it um, balance. We have to bring balance back to it because what has to happen is we have to think of the body, spirit, and soul and how those will blend together so we become prosperous as a, as a human being because what happens is, is if we don't, we're lacking one, there's always something lacking in our life and we may be prosperous in one, but if it's out of whack, it, it tends to throw our life off. Um, there's a, there's a movie I love and it's an old movie from the forties. And this guy says, he goes, a man without friends is the most serious form of poverty. And that, I mean, it's a comedy. It's, it's a funny movie. I love watching it. But the, at the end of the movie, close to the end of the movie. And the guy says, a man without friends is the most serious form of poverty. And that stuck out to me because it is true. A person who doesn't have friends, family, people who will can gather around them, is poverty. And, and, and as Christians, John says he, that God wants our, our soul to prosper and the rest of us to prosper. And I think relationships is part of, is part of prosperity in our lives. I know he wants us to prosper, but I, th- I, be- I believe that he wants our soul to prosper first because when our soul is prosperous, it funnels down into our relationships with people. And when our relationship with God is good, it, it funnels into our relationship with people. And-, and I always think, how can I have a better relationship with people? How can I do this? Um, you know, like my wife says, if, if it wasn't for what the- my wife and family, I'd probably be, a- I-, I told myself, I'd probably move up into the middle of nowhere, build a hobbit hole, and, and live out in the woods. I mean, that's just who I am. I, w- I could be happy doing that. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'd, I'd probably live in the woods and build my own log cabin and just, you know, and, and never shave. Um, yeah, I, I trimmed my beard off a couple of days ago, and my kids are like, ugh, sick. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, sorry. I'm like, good grief. I'm like, yeah, I'll just leave it. Um, but God wants us to prosper. And, and, and when you walk away from um, relationships, and, when, and there's certain times where God says you need to walk away from that because it is not, it's not good for you. It's not good for your spirit. It's not good for your family. It's not good for who you are. And there's times we have to set it down. But there's also times where God says you need these relationships because it builds wealth in your spirit. If our soul is poor, everything around us becomes poor. If we don't have friends, we have poverty. If we don't have con- uh, um, spiritual connection, we have poverty. 
And, and it, we always think of poverty as the, the people who don't have enough to pay their bills or people who, who, who struggle to pay food, and that's not what it is. That's, that's, a, that's an aspect of, of what poverty is, but it's not. Our soul should be our first priority. Our, our soul should be that, that thing that says, how do I take care of my spirit, what's in my heart? Because there's times where it's like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I know this is, this is God talking to me, or this is God just doing something that it, 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 it's stirring up in something inside of me. And so our soul should be our first priority because if your soul, if your walk with God is not um, healthy, your relationships are going to be unhealthy. Your, your marriage is going to be unhealthy. You're, you're going to start to see your kids become unhealthy. And, and I'm blessed to have a wife that is, if I'm down, she's cracking the whip behind me. Get up. You can do it. You can do it. And when she's down, I'm like, get up. Even when she hates it, she's like, you got to quit doing that. I'm like, no, you can do it. Get up. You can do it. And what it does is it creates, it creates wealth, though, inside of me because what it's done is I've, we've created two amazing kids who I'm not afraid for them to go out into the world once they graduate. I know what they're going to do when they go out and become adults. I'm not afraid of, like, oh my gosh, my kids are going to go out. I'm still like, she's getting her permit tomorrow. I'm just like, no. I'm like, but it's okay. She, she can do it. Yeah, pretty soon I'll just sit in the back and say, take me to, to Meyer. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Um, but it should be our first priority is our spirit. Because if I'm lacking, if I'm, I have poverty in my spirit, my relationship with God... I'm going to start to see it transfer in, into all, every area of my life. I'm going to start to see a, a void there. And it's just like, I'm missing something. God, what is it? And we all have that void. And, and you know, everyone's like, oh, God needs to be your only thing. I don't, I don't believe that God, ex- God doesn't expect us to fill everything with him because it, it, he wouldn't have created other people if he didn't expect us to have relationships. God expects our relationships to fill certain voids because we need that physical relationship and say, hey, you can sit down with them and have lunch and dinner and talk to them because God knew that he couldn't do that. But he's, he's using the people around you to help further your walk with him and make it a stronger walk. Proverbs 4.23 says, So above all, guard your affections of your heart, for they for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for there flows the wellspring of life. Pay attention to your heart, because out of your heart, life will flow. And there's times where it's like, okay, you know, there, there's moments where you're at work and you're just like, you're like, okay, God, I'm just struggling with this. And then and God's like, well, you need to do this. And you're like, well, I don't need you to tell me that because I want to go tell them what I want to tell them right now. And I can't, but God's like, really? You really want to do that? And um, I, I just, I, sometimes I think, I know God speaks through my wife to me, but it's always like the hands on the hips. and like, really? You really want to do that? I'm just like, come on. I'm like, like, could you not use my wife right now? I'm really trying to, I'm talking to you right now and I don't need my wife going, really? You really want to do that? And, but, but God uses yes. the people around us to, to, yeah. to, to work on our heart. And then there's other times where, and then Sarah will do something. And I just look at her and go, really? And, and then, you know, but it's, it's that, it's that 
that connection with each other that God is looking for because he's, it says guard your heart. When we guard our hearts, we're, we're saying, okay, what am I allowing into my life? What am I going to bring into my life? Because God says that he wants me to prosper, but is this going to cause me to prosper in my, my, my relationship with him, my family, my, my wife, my, you know, my work, everything. So what, what are you allowing in? Because it says, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. From it flows the wellspring of life. Your life is a well. Your life, Jesus said, I am living water. All who come and drink from me will never be thirsty again. So our life is a representation of, of Jesus. And, and what are people getting from us? What are people, when they draw upon our, the well of our heart, what are they getting from us? Are they getting uh, poisoned water, bad water, dr- no water? Or are they getting life-giving water that encourages them and causes them to say, you know what, I really want to grow in this, or I really needed this, and they, they gave me an encouraging word, or they gave me a, a, a scripture that was just what I needed at that moment. So Solomon, wisest man ever, in a lot of ways, pretty dumb guy in, in other ways, um, we can get into that later, but he says, guard the affections of your heart. And this is a guy who probably didn't. He's, he's writing from experience. He's, he's writing from, hey, I didn't probably do the best thing I should have. Says, they will affect all you who you are. So as we go out and start to, to go out this week and start to think about, okay, God, what do you, where do you want me to prosper? You know, start with you. Start with our, our spirit. Start with what's in our heart and say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to prosper? Where do you want me to be? And, and out of that overflow of our heart fills into our, our relationships with our kids, our relationships with our spouse, our family, coworkers, and it's and then it just it, it expands from there. But I want to leave you with this. I'm going to read it again. It says, "I know the plans I, I have for you," declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to not harm you, to give you hope. God does not fill us with things and give us things to cause pain to cause agony. He, call, he gives us things to give us hope. Sometimes what he allows in our lives doesn't feel right, but he says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. When it feels like you're going through hell, God is always right next to you. He's not like way up going, hey, you can do it. I'll wait for you here. He's walking alongside of us and saying, I want to be with you. I am your father. You know, it's like when my kids were little, I walked with them. You, you know, you stick the pinky out. I remember when Layla was born, her entire hand, a jelly bean covered. And I remember when she was, even when she was really little, I mean, a pinky until she was like four. I mean, she was like a midget until she was like this tall until she was like four. And then she finally started to grow. I mean, she was so tiny for uh, for a while. I mean, the pinky, she could barely hang on to the pinky until she was like three or three years old because she was just that little. But I walked with them until she got taller and taller and taller, and she could, was able to do it on her own. But what happened was is this. She was dependent upon me to walk with her through those times where she couldn't do it on her own. But then she grew in confidence of who I was and who she was, that she knew I was never going to be away from her, and I, would, I was always there, but she knew what she could do on her own. But she was confident in who she was that she could trust me to be there. So he says, I have plans for you. They're good. They're, they're always going to prosper. I give you hope and a future. So when God says, I want you to prosper, it's not this. 
Some of it is this, but God say, I want you to prosper in every area of your life. I want relationships, your job, your everything. I want it to be amazing. I don't want it to be vo- really bad in one area and really good in another area. And if you have an er- area right now that's really bad, say, God, where do you want me to prosper? How do I prosper in that area? Let's pray.